Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. Yet to truly celebrate our lives as we age, we have to prioritize our health, and that, of course, includes our mental health. So that means today's show is going to be both interesting and incredibly valuable because our guest, Dr. Kathleen Nado, is a clinical psychologist who's been internationally recognized as an authority on ADHD. In fact, Dr. Nado is a founder and clinical director of the largest private ADHD specialty clinic in the United States. She's authored numerous books about the condition and has now written the first and only book for older adults living with ADHD. It's entitled, Still Distracted After All of These Years. Surprising to some, there are many of us who may be struggling with the widespread challenges brought on by the condition, and I'm so excited that Dr. Natto is joining us to share both her thoughts and her suggestions about this important topic. It really is exciting to me, and I want to welcome you, Dr. Natto, for sharing your time and your expertise with us. Oh, thank you so much, Eileen, and I want to congratulate you. I love the title, The Feisty Side of 50. Uh, <laughs> I am in my late, late 70s, and I'm still feeling feisty. <laughs> well, and believe me, Dr. Natto, with your, your, I know you're on a mission to help us older adults, and I'm in my 70s as well, but I can tell you are one feisty lady. <laughs> and I would like to begin by congratulating you because I, I mentioned before we went on air how gratifying it must be for you to look back over your career and think of how you've helped so many people improve their lives in practical and really substantial ways because you've written over a dozen books on ADHD and you know suggest important lifestyle changes people could make. So I would like to begin actually by getting a little personal with you and asking how you became so focused on treating patients with ADHD. Well, that's a good question, but a better question is why have I kept focusing on ADHD all these decades? I got into ADHD simply because a federal education law changed. And that new law, which happened in 1978, decreed that children diagnosed with ADHD were eligible for services in public school. And suddenly, my phone began ringing off the hook with parents who finally wanted to get their kids diagnosed because there was help available for them in the schools with the diagnosis. But that's not why I have stayed in this field for all these many decades. I've stayed in it because I myself have ADHD. I have a sister. I have a daughter. I have granddaughters with ADHD. I had a brother with ADHD who is no longer with us. And so this is very personal. I know how it impacts lives, and I know there's lots we can do to improve them. Well, and two, I mean, now I, I think uh, you'd mentioned you're kind, of, you're kind of on a mission on educating us seniors uh, about the condition, and you've written the first and only book, like I mentioned, that helps older, older adults to deal more effectively with the challenges. Um, 
So what, again, this is our generation, we're both boomers, <laughs> and uh, we hear about children being diagnosed, but so rarely older adults. So what kind of uh, led you to actually get on this mission and write this book? Because it really is so beneficial. That's a great question. And let me start with the title, Still Distracted After All These Years, because when I got the idea to write the book, I'm thinking older adults with ADHD. That's such a dreary title. Who's going to be attracted to that? And I was actually taking a walk with my doggy, and it suddenly occurred to me, and you know, a takeoff on still crazy after all these years, still distracted after all these years. And the reason I thought of it is I've spent my whole career looking at who are we ignoring. So when everybody thought it was kids, I wrote one of the first books about adults with ADHD. When everybody thought it was boys, I wrote one of the first books about girls with ADHD. I'm always looking at who are we leaving out. And goodness knows we have left out older adults. In fact, it's still very hard for older adults to find services. And sadly, if you have ADHD and you've never been diagnosed and you go in and saying, I'm forgetful, I have memory problems, I'm disorganized, people are more likely to think, oh, these are the early signs of dementia instead of, no, you have lifelong ADHD. So that's why I wrote the book. Wow. And I, too, again, we focus mostly on, you know, our society until your book. Now the focus may be shifting thanks to you, Dr. Nato. But uh, we do think about children with it. So say like we were thinking, I am, you know, I, I have had these issues all my life. and Or, I'm, you know, I'm with a, one of my spouses is having, or one of my, my spouse has, or friends has <laughs> these issues. So yeah. what are some examples of how how managing everyday life might be different if you do have the condition of ADHD? Well, ADHD impacts every aspect of our lives. And so many older adults kind of say, well, you know, if I've lived with it this many years without knowing what difference does it make now, it makes an enormous difference. And let me tell you a story about one of the first older adults I encountered. This was 30 years ago, probably. And a woman called me concerned about her mother, who had retired and moved to the Washington, D.C. area where I live to be near her daughter. And she was suddenly falling apart. She had been an art teacher throughout her career and a very good one. Then she moved to an apartment near her daughter and everything started coming apart of the seams. She had never really fully unpacked. Her days and nights were flipped upside down because she didn't have a schedule anymore. She didn't have to get up and go to work in the morning. She wasn't cooking healthy meals because her kids were grown and gone, and she was basically snacking out of the refrigerator. She was very lonely and isolated. She'd moved away from the community where she'd lived for so many years. And I talked to her daughter and said, I believe your mother has undiagnosed ADHD. And what she needs is a lot more structure and support in her life. I think you really need to help her find senior housing where she'll be around other seniors, where there are activities she can participate in, where she'll have a social life, where meals are provided so she's not living on cheese and saltine crackers. Um, that we need more structure and support and connection to the community. And I, I really think 
um, I have a sister-in-law with ADHD, and she lives in a very large active adult community in Central Florida. And I've jokingly said to her, I bet if we took a survey, there's a very high level of people with ADHD in that community who move there because it gives them what they need to stay active and connected. What I worry about is isolation. This woman was very isolated, and she was going downhill fast. And I see a lot of older adults becoming isolated once they quit their working years because all those reasons to get up in the morning and all those people you automatically see and have lunch with are no longer there in your life. Yeah, boy, those are really, uh, it's a wonderful story, uh, and I'm glad, it, I assume it had a happy ending, <laughs> and I'm glad about that, because, yeah, there's so many factors that we have to deal with with aging anyway, uh, and when you add the, you know, additional issues that come with having ADHD, it makes things even that much harder. So, I, one of the things that really, um, I will frankly say, shocked me is that you wrote that the lifespan of an older adult with ADHD might be shorter by a number of years from those of us who might not have the condition. So why is that? And if you do have ADHD, what can you do about that? Because nobody, all of us want to live long, healthy lives. You bet. And that was a shocker for all of us, even in the community. A famous ADHD researcher, Dr. Russell Barkley, came into a conference with this alarming announcement. He had done a big population study, and he found that, on average, adults with ADHD have a lifespan that is 8 to 10 years shorter. That's an incredible figure. Now, some of it happens because, of course, we're dealing with averages, and there are quite a few young adults with ADHD that are killed in automobile accidents because they're risky or distracted drivers, or they may engage in risky or dangerous behaviors that lead to an early death. But most of it has to do with lifestyle. And what I find is that adults with ADHD are not good at planning, they're not good at meal preparation, it feels exhausting, it feels overwhelming, and so they're living on snacks, they're living on carryout, they're going through the drive through and getting fast food to take home. So <clears throat> research was done in Australia 15 years ago associating ADHD with what they called the American diet. And the American diet that they were referring to is hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, tacos. And we know that those foods are not good for us. Any food that is predominantly, you know, starch, fat, sugar, and salt is not good for us at all. So it's lifestyle. We tend to develop more obesity. We're more prone to type 2 diabetes because life is very stressful for adults with ADHD. They may comfort themselves with food. They may comfort themselves with alcohol. And alcohol abuse, um, alcohol dependence is much more common among adults with ADHD for that reason. Adults with ADHD are less likely to exercise regularly. They're more likely to sit on the couch and surf social media or watch their favorite shows on Netflix. So all of these unhealthy lifestyle patterns take their toll as we get older. But what I want to tell your 
listeners is I was one of those adults when I was in my 40s. I can't tell you how many times I had a McDonald's breakfast on my way to work because I was in a hurry, I was late, I was hungry. And I had a great awakening and really changed gradually my lifestyle. Now I'm in my late 70s and I weigh 20 pounds less than I did when I was in my 50s. I exercise every day. And one of the reasons I exercise every day is I have a dog whom I adore. And while I might uh, neglect myself, I'm not going to not take my doggie out for a walk. So I walk (laughs) an hour a day. Uh, So there are lots of things we can do as older adults to get ourselves moving and eating in a healthier way. But we really need to understand what's at risk. Oh, Dr. Nana, well, first off, I didn't want to get, you know, too depressing about this issue, but that I did want to bring that up about the lifestyle and the need to change. But I'm so glad you shared your personal story and ended on a positive note. And one of the chapters in the book, Learn to Understand, Accept, and Thrive, you discuss the need for a comprehensive and coordinated therapy style. So tell us a little bit about the clinic you founded, Chesapeake ADHD Center, and a little bit about what you mean by a comprehensive and coordinated therapy practice. I am, I'm so glad you asked. I'm in the process right now of developing a training institute because so few therapists are trained in how to help people when we have ADHD. They're very well trained in how to help you talk about your anxiety or your depression. But guess what? Adult ADHD is one of the four most common adult psychiatric disorders. The only ones more frequent are anxiety, depression, and bipolar. But we're not training therapists what to do. So very often if you go to a therapist, they might know enough to say, you know, I wonder if you have ADHD. And they might wonder that because you're often late, you often lose things, your house is a mess, you have trouble with paperwork. Those are very common patterns for adults with untreated ADHD. But they don't know how to help you other than to say, you know, maybe you should go talk to a doctor about taking medication. So what I'm saying is you really need to find groups or therapists that are are trained in ADHD. There's a national organization called ADDA, A-D-D-A. It is a large nonprofit organization that offers all kinds of free informational and support groups for adults with ADHD, ADDA.org. And that's a wonderful resource that your listeners can access um, that costs them nothing and can provide a great deal of support I mean, one of the things I find that really helps older adults with ADHD is the opportunity to talk to other older adults with ADHD. When the pandemic hit, my clinic started free online support groups, and the one that I ran was for older adults with ADHD. The people that joined that group said it was the highlight of their week, It was the first time they'd ever had a chance to talk to other people with similar challenges. And after a year and a half, I told them I needed to, you know, put my time and attention elsewhere, but I really encouraged them to continue meeting. And guess what? They still are. Three years Uh, later, they are still meeting every week. 
and that group means the world to them. And so that's what I mean by connecting, connecting to the ADHD community. And similar groups exist with ADA.org for your listeners. Oh, Dr. Netta, I admired you before we had this conversation, but wow, I just got a combination of goosebumps and tears in my eyes. What wonderful work you've done, and I so helpful for those people who really their whole lives maybe didn't realize what was going on, and then they were able to connect not only with you, but with other people who really knew you know, the same kinds of issues that they were dealing with. So again, I'm, I'm in awe, but back to the <laughs> back to more practical topics here. Um, one last question I have uh, before we need to close is uh, talking about stimulant medication because a lot of kids, I know, especially you know, younger ones that, who have been diagnosed with ADHD, find that taking stimulants really does help. But as older adults, we have to be careful and they give us, the doctors give us so many other medications. What about taking a stimulant uh, as, as part of your Program. That's a great question, and what your listeners need to understand, which most people don't, is that in nursing homes, the oldest and frailest of us all are commonly prescribed stimulant medication. They're prescribed stimulant medication because they're lethargic, and it helps them have more energy and be more alert. So if those people can take stimulant medication, surely the rest of us can, and yet psychiatrists and general practitioners are not trained and they're very leery of prescribing stimulant medication. The, the main concern are cardiac concerns. If you're an older adult, you certainly should be checked out by a cardiologist if there are any cardiac concerns. But other than that, um, I interviewed 150 older adults with ADHD for my book, and almost all of them took stimulant medication and said it greatly benefited them. So that's really important for your listeners to understand. Uh, that is, again, very important. And I want to speak again to the term importance because this book is a truly, it's a comprehensive and truly important resource for people who think uh, that either they or a loved one might be, you know, dealing with a condition. And I want to just bring up before we leave, I'm going to brag about you, for, but you have a reporting questionnaire in the back of the book in addition to all the other information. You also have a medications tracking form so they can see how helpful their medications medications are being, and a list of resources and treatment options. So, as I said, the book is such a valuable resource. And before we have to close, I want to express again my joy and real appreciation in getting to chat with you today. But do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? I do, and that is if you think you might have ADHD because you're forgetful and lose things and have trouble accomplishing things, look at your family. ADHD is highly genetic. If you have children or grandchildren, nieces, nephews, great nieces, great nephews that have ADHD, it's more likely that you do too. It runs in families. So look at the younger generations because they've had a chance to be diagnosed. Well, Dr. Nadok, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. I again, I, it was such a joy to get to speak with you, and I also appreciate you sharing your thoughts because this topic is really important. And for you listeners out there, make sure if you think you, or as I'd mentioned before, or a loved one, or somebody in your family, and at this point, even though the book is aimed at older adults, a lot of our children are in middle age too, so it would be very helpful for them if you think they might be suffering from the the issues. Of ADHD. The book title again is Still Distracted After All These Years. It will give you a wealth of important information, lots of coping skills and techniques, and a real reason for optimism for you who might be finding yourself struggling at this point. Thanks again, Dr. Nato, and until next oh, time. Thank this you is, so much. Okay. Well, I truly enjoyed this conversation, and hopefully you'll return to the show one time. I would, I would love to have you back again. It'd be my pleasure. Thanks so much, Eileen. Well, and until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Then I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.